This is Shane Gibson's podcast from ClosingBigger.net. Today is part two of a seven-part series on social media assessment. I may actually find that I'm going to combine a few of these steps into one podcast, as seven, once we've gotten into it, seems pretty long for a series on assessment, and I'm not sure if I'm going to lose a whole bunch of you in the process. Uh, But for those of you who are interested, thank you for sticking with us. I do believe that social media assessment is a really key part uh, of developing great social media strategy and also just measuring how we're doing on an ongoing basis. So if you remember last week, the first thing we talked about in assessing our effectiveness in social media is making sure we have a good socialized hub, which is either a corporate website, which is well socialized, or a good corporate blog, which really promotes, or even personal blog, which promotes two-way communication, uh, user-generated content, as well as, of course, your own content, and just really is a community hub versus just a stale, uh, sanitized corporate website. Today we're going to talk about social outposts. So we can look at LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Flickr, YouTube, and a number of other relevant sites. I'm not going to get into really down in the weeds with you and talk about our 10-point assessment of LinkedIn profiles or our 12-point assessment of Facebook pages or 10 ways to see if we're effective in Twitter. But I'm going to talk about overreaching, some of the things we want to think about with our social media outposts. Now, why we call them outposts is that we've got that home base, uh, which is our socialized hub. And that's where we live. And although, for instance, within my blog, ClosingBigger.net, 90% of the engagement happens off-site through LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Flickr, YouTube, you name it, still, the only place I'm really going to own my own message, the only place I can really host a conversation and build community that I own, that can't be taken away from me through a new Facebook policy or a a shift in LinkedIn policy, uh, is my blog and my home base. But the outposts are still absolutely vital. That's where you're going to make new connections. That's where you're going to propagate and spread your message. Uh, And truly, this is where the conversations we have with customers and stakeholders uh, becomes our brand. So versus getting into individual tools, these are some of the things that we look at overall. Whether it's, let's take a look at a Twitter profile, for instance. I think too many Twitter profiles have nice generic backgrounds or a sunset on them uh, in the background. And yet that background is our first opportunity to be engaging. So I wanna look, if I'm looking at a corporate background, especially in Twitter, uh, or even an entrepreneur or an individual who's a personal brand, one of the things I'm going to look at is, number one, Um, have you customized it and maximized your bio? Because on a Twitter profile, you can only have 160 characters to describe what you do, but then you've got all this real estate in the background where you can have your corporate logo, picture of you and your team, uh, some basic information on your organization, even your address and a phone number. All these things can be put in your Twitter background. In addition to this, I want to look at your stream. Are your updates engaging? Does it show you're having conversations with the community, answering questions, or is it just a boring blurter? Some corporate account which is posting links, posting profiles, you know, whether you're in the stock promotion biz and it just links to your latest stock deal, or you're in real estate and you're posting information on your listings, or are you actually talking to your community? So we look at these types of things to assess whether you're truly effective. And really that's the key factor is the word community. 90% of our social media activity should be about making connections, contributing to community, uh, and really getting involved in those conversations, not just about our brand, but about our industry and what's of interest to our target market. And then 10% of it uh, is really messages about what we be able to do for other people or a link to our recent blog post. So LinkedIn is kind of very similar. As when you first look at LinkedIn, it looks like a static resume. But in actuality, what we can do is we can, through the use of LinkedIn apps, for instance, 
pull in a YouTube video and have it right on our, our front page or our, sorry, our LinkedIn profile. We can embed our latest SlideShare presentation from our latest uh, PowerPoint that we've given or keynote we've given uh, at a conference or, or even embed some important data or studies that people are going to find interesting from an organization. You can also, using uh, LinkedIn apps, pull in your recent blog feeds and even connect with your Twitter account. And in addition to this, of course, People don't care as much what we say about ourselves as much as what the crowd and what the community does. So when we looked at the effectiveness of a LinkedIn profile, we also say, does this person have sufficient endorsements? So this extends to YouTube, and a big part of YouTube is customization. So is your background customized and branded? Uh, we also look at how frequently your videos are updated, and also, is there some contrast? If it's all corporate and all polished, and every video looks like it costs like 20 grand to create, uh, it doesn't really show personal voice. Remember, video is one of the closest things we can get on the web to actually meeting people in person, to see their intent, to see the look on their face, to see the congruency in their communications, and so, the reality is, is that it's okay, and I think part of it as we look for this is I want to see corporations with well-produced videos, but also some grainy, off-the-cuff, guy in the street or CEO in the boardroom types of conversations. So what I want to see is that our YouTube channel is number one, full of a lot of content, recent content, and a good mix of really personal voice with great content along with professionally produced stuff. I think the same would extend to Flickr. We look at a few things with Flickr is when I look at a corporation, I think one of the major things they underutilize is the opportunity to create groups and invite the relevant people in to contribute photos. But that's almost an entire other post. But just to summarize this up, when we're assessing social media outposts, what we're really looking at is, are you just using it as a place to push out information? Or have you maximized your Twitter profile, your LinkedIn profile, your Facebook pages to really build credibility, post multiple media, and maximize the opportunity for engagement, which is two-way communications. I think too many organizations just have the profile, are just pushing content, and aren't really maximizing the engagement opportunity. Because in reality, we think that, you know, what's the return on investment on social media? Well, if we, if we move backward from a sale, before the sale, there has to be trust. Before there's trust, there has to be a relationship. And before there's a relationship, it had to start with engagement. So the ability to identify an individual who's willing to communicate with us on any one of these platforms, begin a conversation, and eventually move that into relationship, trust, sale, and of course, return on investment. And so this is one of the key things we look at when we assess those social media outposts. So next week, we're going to talk about social media plans. I think this is really key, or sorry, social media policies. Because before we were to launch and we send our team off to the marketplace to tweet, to blog, to comment, to defend and propagate the brand, we still need to give them the rules of engagement. Because otherwise, it's like kind of like giving our, key, our kids the keys to the car without driving lessons uh, or a curfew. And so we're going to talk about how a social media policy doesn't actually hamper creativity or innovation, but actually gives people a safe framework from which to uh, work within. So I'd love your feedback on this assessment so far, uh, your thoughts, any questions you have, uh, and visit back to closingbigger.net next week uh, to find part three of social media assessment.